What's going on? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Successes Within Reach podcast, season two, episode 25. Someone needs to hear your story, part two. And this is part two because you all know we did this topic once before. Uh, but today I have another awesome guest that is going to give you all the blueprint when it comes to getting your story out there and building a platform for it. Today's uh, guest is Miss Vision Avant. Uh, she's helped over 5,000 speakers coaches and network marketers write books to grow their business she has a program called the book profits club which helps you to helps to promote uh, helps you to perform and profit off of your book and she teaches you not just how to write a book but how to write the right book and leverage your book to generate multiple streams of income so at this time I'd like to welcome everybody to Miss Vision Avant how are you doing this evening Oh, I am doing amazing, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, listen, I'm sorry we were a couple minutes late. Listen, I'm moving right now. I'm in the process of moving. And so things are great. It's great. But of course, life continues to happen. So you got to keep pushing. Definitely, definitely understand that. And before we get started, I want to remind everybody, as always, you can join in the conversation and submit your comments and questions at www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. Once again, you can submit your questions and comments at www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. All right, let's get into it. Uh, so first up, I want to uh, just have you share with our audience a little bit about yourself and how you entered into the coaching arena. Well, okay, uh, that's a long story, but I'm gonna try to keep it real short. <laughs> you know, it's so funny, Shannon, because I said, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think one of my other callers was to be a pastor because I don't know how to keep it straight <laughs> to the point. But um, needless to say, I'm, I'm originally from Virginia, and for all my life, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been well. Let's 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 keep it clear. I've always been a tripreneur. Okay, that's one of the things I used to call it. Um. um younger in my younger days i would try any and everything under the sun uh never really did it in fact i mm. like to use the word as try it's just an opportunity to quit or reason to say that it didn't work for you because you know you didn't give it your all right and so i was mm -hmm. a professional tripreneur and it wasn't until my father actually ended up passing away from cancer that i really looked at life differently i had already lost my mother at 11 years old due to cirrhosis of the liver and so oh, i mean wow. i already knew that life was short um but man like losing him was kind of like that final last straw now now god did bless me with another mother so i would be you know i got to make sure i give her love her name is veronica and she's still alive uh but yeah like after he passed i decided you know i was tired of being a tripreneur so i moved to atlanta uh from virginia and uh, I started the journey of uh, not no longer being a tripreneur, but a real entrepreneur. And uh, <laughs> I got introduced to the world of network marketing. Now, mm -hmm. without going into a long breakdown of how that industry shaped and, and really got me to where I am today, I was able to hit the top level of leadership in not one, but two different companies. And when I hit those top levels of leadership, uh, like every single time, I really took my personal development to, 
de development to the next level. And what happened was the last company I was in, I had hit one of the top levels. I was one of the top income earners in the entire industry of network marketing. And I was sitting down with what I thought to be, you know, high level professionals, lawyers and doctors and things like that. Uh, Cause I wanted to talk to them about the business. And I'll never forget, Shannon, I was sitting down with this guy that I had met when I first moved to Atlanta and he had become partner at his law firm. When I first met him, he'd just become a lawyer. And so I'm mm -hmm. telling him about all the great things that are happening. And then he's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I sell some coffee. And he was like, what? You got your own coffee business? I was like, well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm a distributor <laughs> for uh -huh. this company. And you would have thought I told that man I was selling some illegal substances because <laughs> he did not want to talk to me no more. So that's when I was like, okay, well, how can I get people to respect me as an entrepreneur in the business world? And that's when I decided to write a book. Long story short, everybody was like, how did you write your book? How did you write your book? And honestly, for me, like I knew that network marketing was not my final resting place. It wasn't my favorite thing to do, but I loved coaching. And so mm -hmm. I made a decision after praying to God, which all of us, we let me pray about it, right? I prayed to him. And an opportunity opened up for me to do a workshop and I did. And then that's when I got into the coaching world. And that was 2014. Mind you, a lot of people thought I lost my mind. They were like, yo, why would you like leave network marketing? You're making multiple six figures a month or not yet. I was making multiple six figures a year. And mm -hmm. uh, why would you do that? Uh, well, you know, when you ask God for, for an answer and he gives it to you, it may not make sense to everybody else, but it made sense to me. And fast forward to today, we've helped well over, as you said before, 5,000 plus people to become authors. Now, my mission, though, today, though, is not just to help people write books. 80% of authors make below $10,000 a year. So now the new mission is to help authors be profitable. So that's mm -hmm. where the Book Profits Club came into play. Nice. Nice, man. There's, there's so many people uh that i've come across that dabbled in network marketing at one point or another and i'm not going to say the name of the company uh but i i think i know which company you're talking about because i was in there as well okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was crazy how everybody's six degrees of separation <laughs> yes lord yes lord mm -hmm. oh man so i want to ask you uh, what is, what are the dynamics of the perfect book? You know, so many people are like, oh, there's so many things I could write about, but I want to make sure I write the perfect book so, you know, it can get out there and I can get my name out there, get my story out there. So what are the actual dynamics of the perfect book? That is a perfect question. Well, first of all, the dynamics of a perfect book is a book that people are looking for. One of the things that I always say is that if, they'll go if they're Googling it, they'll pay for it. And what mm. many authors do is they write about what they want to write about versus what people are searching for. And so you got to make sure that when you're creating that book, it's not about necessarily what you want to share. you got to make it connect to the audience. Now, this is the deal. You just want to write a book for the sake of writing a book. Okay, great. But, you know, that that's one thing. You know, it's one thing to create content that allows you to live forever because that's what a book does. But when you write a book connected to what people are looking for, what people are wanting, this allows you to leave impact forever. So you want to make sure that, you know, ladies and gentlemen, when you're thinking about writing that book, connect it to what people are searching for. By the way, let me just say this, if I can. And I know this, listen, I don't want anybody that has written a book about this particular topic, please don't feel bad because I think it's still a big deal. 97% of most people who want to write a book, they never will. But the truth of the matter is, until people know who you are when you walk into a room, like you can walk in any room and everybody knows exactly who you are and they know your story, 
it's really not the time to write the bio. And I know that everybody thinks that, well, my life is unique. Everybody needs to hear my story. 100% of the time when I come across a client, everybody tells me their life is unique. The truth is what people are looking for is they're not Googling the life story of Taria Avant yet. What they're looking for are certain aspects of my life. How do I overcome being abandoned as a child through losing my parent, you know, from substance abuse? How can I, um, how can I be able to get through, you know, college without any kind of money or financial aid being given to me? How can I, and these are all like, these are my stories. Okay. How can I mm -hmm. overcome a heartbreak? you know, for the person I thought was my soulmate? How can I become a top income earner in network marketing? These are the things people are looking for. And so the truth is people don't care about your story until they know that your story can actually help them. So when you're writing the right book, you gotta write it connected to what people are looking for. And then once they buy your book and they say, oh my God, your story or your book was amazing. Can you come and speak at our event? The stage is where you then share your story. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a TED talk in itself. I hope y'all taking notes. <laughs> yes, I hope y'all are taking notes. Please, please. Oh, man, she just <laughs> dropped the gem on that one. So uh, next up, I want to ask you, how does one know just how much of their story to write about or how much vulnerability to show uh, their audience? You know, that's a very good question, um, because vulnerability, I think today, is so powerful. When you can be okay to be vulnerable in front of an audience, people love it. But I think the best time to be vulnerable is when you have kind of like gotten through it. Um, mm -hmm. Many of us will go to social media and things like that to share what we're going through as we're going through it. And to be honest, it's not really inspirational. And so a lot of times when I do share certain aspects of my life, it's typically because it's something that I've overcome, right? So okay. to be vulnerable isn't a place of, okay, this is what I went through and this is what I did to battle it or to overcome. And in every situation, you don't always overcome it. You know what I mean? Uh, but you're, you're always battling it. So I would recommend the best time to be vulnerable is when you've kind of like, you've attacked that space, right? Now, what part of your story should you talk about or how much of your story? Typically, I tell the portions of my story that are directly connected to my target audience. And a lot of times, it, it, well, Shannon, can I, can I answer how to find who your target, target audience is? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> it's real simple. Because a lot of people don't know how to find their audience. Your audience is the person that is just like you. It's just mm -hmm. you were able to obtain or overcome or solve one thing. So I knew when I was getting into the book world exactly who I was targeting. It was going to be a single African-American woman who had a certain amount of income as an entrepreneur that wanted to learn how to write a book for their business. The one challenge that she had that she was going to hire me for was the book. She could see herself in me because I was that woman. Now, this is the deal. Some people say, but Taria, and by the way, that's Crown. So if anybody ever watched my live <laughs> broadcast, y'all know Crown is, is a celebrity. Um, but some people say, well, Taria, but I serve everybody. Well, please understand. In my several years of helping people to write books, 
I still have men who come to me. I have married women who come to me. I have couples who come to me. I have different nationalities, but they didn't start coming to, until I got the receipts. See, too many of us are too focused on trying to serve the whole world. A brain surgeon doesn't say, well, let me dibble and dabble in the heart. I'm a dibble and dabble in the knees. I'm a dibble and dabble in the ankle. I don't know about you, but if I go to a brain surgeon and they tell me, well, I tap, you know, I do a little breast, you know, I can do a little ankles. You're going to be like, nah, bruh, I'm good. Mm. And so what we got to <laughs> learn how to do is niche in who do we serve. And once mm -hmm. you start serving and getting those receipts, everybody going to come. And that's the blessing. So I focused in, and even to this day, Shannon, if you go to my Instagram, a lot of my communication and conversation is still connected to my audience, but it doesn't mean that the people that God has assigned me to are not gonna still come. Whether they be men, whether they be different nationalities, whether they be of an older age, God don't stop the blessing. The blessing mm -hmm. keeps coming. How you doing, right? So I, I just always tell people when they're like, well, who, who's my audience? It's you. The mm -hmm. easiest person to talk to is you, your situation, and you solve one specific challenge. Not all challenges, one challenge. And if you can learn how to figure out the one challenge you can solve, you can get wealthy beyond your dreams. I need you all to understand something. You know, they say success leaves clues. How many people have I had on here that have told you find your target audience? whether it's coaching, consulting, speaking, writing a book, whatever the case is, that is so important to your success. You must find your target audience. Sure, you can sell anything to anyone, but you need to find your target audience if you really want to be a success in this thing. It's, it's, a, it's one thing to sell to a person and another thing to sell to the right person. Remember, we talk about all the time about turning your customers into return clients. You have to find your target audience. I can't say that enough. This is at least the sixth or seventh person that said that. I need you all to take note. And with that, we're about to go to our first break. Once again, this is the Successes Within Reach podcast, season two, episode 25. Someone needs to hear your story, part two, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Once again, this is the Successes Within Reach podcast season two, episode 25. We're joined by the dynamic coach, Miss Taria. Taria. Like right? Okay. I'm, I'm particular about making sure I say people's names right. That's Taria, okay. I appreciate it. You've seen her on Facebook. You've seen her on Instagram. You know, those of us that are in the coaching and consulting space probably seen her on stage at a huge event. She is here today on the SIWR podcast, giving you the game. 
All right, we had a few comments here while we were doing the break. Uh, Mike said, my sister's in the building. Mike, what up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back into it. So how long is the process of getting published? Um, and is it easier to self-publish versus using a publishing company? Okay, well, which question you want me to answer, Shannon? Because those are two different <laughs> questions right now. <laughs> Either one you want to start with. <laughs> Let me talk about the, the publishing and self-publishing, right? So, okay. listen, there's always pros and cons to going to a publishing company or self-publishing. I'm not a book publisher. And I always tell people, like, you know, people say, well, my publisher, no, I'm a coach. I actually mm -hmm. assist you with becoming self-published. I recommend that being a self-published author today more than ever is the way that you want to be because think about it, nine times out of 10, you're the one doing the marketing. So let's talk about the pros and cons. Now, why would someone go to a publishing company? Number one, your manuscript is done. So that means you typed it all up and you're like, listen, I just want to you know, give this to a publishing company who can edit it, put it together, create the cover and everything. Cool. So you give them their book. Or number two, this publishing company is like, listen, you're dope. We know that you can sell a lot of books. We about to drop you a check for a half a million or above. If it's anything under a half a million, I don't want it. Okay. I'm trying to told y'all a half a million dollars or less than a half a million. Y'all do not need to sign y'all rights away to a book or number three, the publisher is like, listen, we can get you in certain bookstores, right? So you do have to be through a particular publisher. If you want to be in particular bookstores, like, you know, in the airport and stuff like that. But still, even then, unless you got a title that's so cold, which most authors don't know how to title their books, that's another conversation. Unless your title is so cold, you it's gonna be difficult to sell your book off the shelf if don't nobody know you. So guess who's still re re responsible for marketing? You are. Here's mm -hmm. the pros to being self-published. Number one, you keep 100% of all your royalties. Many publishers, they take a large majority of your money. Okay. When they write you that check up front, that's not free money. They say, listen, we expect that you're going to be able to sell this amount of books. So we're going to front you the money up front. But guess what? When those books sell, we need all that money until you actually pay us back that money that we've sold for you. And you only get in a small percentage. That's a lot of books, right? Or number two, self-publishing. The benefit of being self-published is that you can leverage your book to build multiple streams of income. So what I teach many of my authors is that don't write a book for the sake of selling a book. That's the big mistake. That's another big mistake authors make. Authors be out here trying to push $20 books like that's a lot of money. That's not no money. In fact, everybody that's listening right now in the chat space, do me a favor, type book money is no money. Do you know how many books you got to sell to make $100,000? Listen, Linda, that's a lot of books, but if you learn how to properly leverage a book, the book can get you to 100K. I don't know how many books I've sold, but I can tell you how much money I've made because I'm an author and I've learned to leverage it. So if you have the proper book, what it does is it allows you to build a database and build multiple streams of income. And also the great thing about self-publishing, like, listen, tomorrow, the way we think we do things as far as business, it may change. Mm -hmm. It's almost guaranteed. Like, listen, how do we do business less than a year ago or two years ago? Totally different. I was doing workshops left and right. Like I was the workshop queen in libraries and restaurants. And then guess what? We got shut down. So I had to learn how to innovate and do everything virtually, praise the Lord, because it's much cheaper. Won't he do it? But now <laughs> I've had to do things differently 
And so that means the way of operating business has changed. And so when mm -hmm. you're self-published, if you say, you know what, I'm about to update my book, I'm going to relaunch it, you can do it whenever you want to. So I recommend self-publishing because you're still going to be responsible for marketing your book. The publisher is not going to go market for you. And by the way, if you think that you can hire someone to market your book for you, they about to take your bag, okay? You got to market mm. your book for yourself. So that's my whole conversation when it comes to being published and self-published. I recommend everybody be self-published unless you are in a situation where this publisher is not taking no royalties, where this publisher is not taking any creative control, where you get 100% and then they can push you. Like I know like Charlemagne the God, he has a publishing company and he promotes his authors on The Breakfast Cup. Now that's a good plug. Nice. Okay, good plug. But you know, outside of that, y'all, I recommend self-publishing. Um, what was the first question you asked me? Because I forgot. <laughs> um, how long is the process of getting published? Very good question. So, listen, I have a three-day book camp where we promise that your content itself will be done. Uh, we start creating the content on a Friday, and by that Sunday, we promise that 80% of your content will be done. Really, the hardest part about the book is really just sitting our butts down and creating the content to get it done. Once mm -hmm. it's done, then you go to an editor. Now, depending upon the style of book that you create, see, we do self-help books, all instructional-based how-to, things like that. I don't do memoirs. I don't do storybooks and things like that. I do have people in our database that we can connect you to that do it. But in our self-help books, they're really easy to edit. We just edit for grammar and punctuation. Generally, so let's just pretend it's January the 1st and we just completed our content, right? Now we wanna send it to an editor. Typically a good editor is gonna take about five to seven business days, I always like to say business days, to really go through and edit that style of self-help book. Now, if it's a storybook and you have them editing for like the flow, like you want to make sure is the flow working and things of that nature, that can take much longer because they got to rearrange a lot of the content and it can be way more expensive because it's mm -hmm. more editing. But let's just say for the style of books, we do five to seven business days. Then you're able to really go through and approve your edits. You now get a publisher who's, I mean, a, a formatter, I call it a formatter, which is not really the technical form, but I call somebody a formatter that actually resizes and creates the table of contents and the page numbers and all those things. That an average person, you know, our formatter, he gets it done in like 48 business hours, um, 48 business hours, literally. And so, I mean, that doesn't take long as, as well. And then really having a cover designer. Now, I'm gonna tell you, Shannon, where I see a lot of mistakes is, is first starting with the book cover. Okay. Okay. Um, number one, we think we got to have these amazing graphics. And, you know, a lot of times uh, I, I always notice that many people want to be deep with their covers or have some deep titles and things like that. People are very simple, y'all. Mm. Nobody's going up and looking, looking up very deep words and things like that. They're Googling, how can I get happy? How can I be happy? So write a book about happiness and just listen, put a smiley face on it. It doesn't need to be some deep graphical work. Really what you want to make sure that your book is doing is that your book is getting them sold. If somebody looks at your cover and they say, what is this book about? We drop the ball. Because a lot of us, we focus on the graphic designs. We focus on all of the things that don't matter. Look at John C. Maxwell's books. Literally about 97% of his books don't got no pictures. It's just words and promises, <laughs> right? So that just safe to say that a cover should tell the reader what to expect when they read this book. So, I mean, you're talking about a book process. It doesn't take a long time. 
what takes people the long time is actually putting the content together and getting it out there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Man, that's that's a lot to think about. You know, I, I've heard so many people like yourself say, you know, people are putting too much into the cover. People are putting too much into the cover or they're putting their picture on there because they're trying to make sure their face is known. And right. the book has nothing to do with them at all. You know, right. you're talking about healthy eating and you up there in a business suit. What I got to do with the <laughs> See, this is why you need to sign up for her program so she oh. can get you squared away. Yes, let's do it. Enough of wasting time, enough of wasting resources. Find someone like Ms. Avant who can get you squared away from the jump and get you out there marketing and advertising your book so you can secure this bag. I'm telling you. All right. Uh, how rewarding is it to have a reader um, share that a book that you wrote changed their life? And then the second part to that is, and what was the first book that uh, you wrote that had a huge impact on the lives of others? Well, first of all, it is a, it feels amazing. And this is why I tell people, like, don't, don't try to make your book so deep. Write your book so that it literally is created so that people can get those things read immediately. One of the best feelings is when somebody sends me a message like, oh my God, I read your book while on the flight. Guys, just because a book is shorter, but it's full of content and value, does not some mean, mean that somebody is not going to devalue it. Value mm -hmm. is not created in length. Value is created in value. And so it's one of the best feelings to know that somebody has read your book. I've seen people come to me with my books with highlights and tabs and like, just like, listen, I've been took notes on this. I highlighted that. It's the best feeling. So that's what I'm telling everybody, like to know that your words, to know that what you've said is leaving an impact in just even one person's life. I cannot tell you how amazing that feels. Um, now, the second question that you asked me is what was the book, the first book that I ever read that left the biggest impact? Honestly, was They Can Grow Rich uh, by Napoleon mm. Hill. Um, that was the book when I first, because when I got into network marketing, like I didn't know anything about personal development. To me, books were just like storybooks. I mean, my dad used to have a lot of, uh, what was that dog? I can't even think of the author. Like he used to have these author books, these big thick books, and I'm not reading it. Um, but then I got into <laughs> network marketing and we started, you know, plugging into personal self-development. And so the first book that was recommended to us outside of your first year of network marketing, which is a big book, um, was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And shameless plug, um, Napoleon Hill Foundation came out with another version for women, Think and Grow Rich for Women. And mm. I was actually quoted in that book. I did not know. Hey, hey listen, <laughs> That's I didn't what's know up. that was Napoleon Hill Foundation. I just know somebody was like, listen, we want to quote you in this book. I thought it was just somebody like redoing the book with another name. And then I was at this conference with like his great, 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 great grandson. And that man said my name. Now he messed it up. <laughs> I don't care. I know he said my name. I thought man, damn near fell on the ground. I said, oh my God. In my mind, Napoleon Hill said uh -huh. my name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man. So I have to ask you, what was uh, your first book that the reception came in and you were like, all right, I got it. Like, I, I, I know I'm a, an official writer now. Oof. I, listen, if I can be transparent, it really was my first book cover to cover, uh, A Six Figure Vision. The reason why I believe it was so successful, though, is because I never wanted to write a book. 
I because mm. in my mind I thought writing a book meant like writing your biography. But by that time, keep in mind, I had already read many personal self-development books. But the reason why I wrote it was because I had a specific goal. I was going to use that book to recruit more people to network marketing. So I knew what the end in mind was. So everything in that book was very strategic. And it was strategic to show people how this industry would possibly be a great industry. So what people would do at the end of reading it, they would say, hey, I need your coaching. How can you coach me? Da, 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 da. And so then I would tell them, well, you got to enroll into my business. Well, because I'm no longer in network marketing, I rewrote it. But I it, it, honestly, and this is why I know for a fact I've been able to to help other people to be successful in the author world. Because when I wrote my first book, it wasn't because I wanted to tell everybody my story. I mean, listen, Oprah, Oprah has not called me yet. Now, when <laughs> Oprah called me on the phone, y'all know. I'm, listen, that's when you know Taria about to come out with a book because Oprah is friends with Taria, okay? Until then, I'm going to keep writing these how-to books. And every single time I write it, you know, now I've, I've dibbled and dabbled in different type of spaces, but... Every single time I write a book that's connected to the end in mind, which is helping more speakers, coaches, and network marketers write books to grow their business, those books always do um, do great numbers. Gotcha, gotcha. So, you know, uh, part of your platform, um, as we said before, is helping people turn their book into, you know, a, an actual speaking engagement or platform. So can you share with us a few strategies that authors use to turn their books into speaking engagements or speaking tours? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I don't believe in a speaking tour because that costs okay. Uh, But I do believe in opportunity. Listen, I, I've done it. And the reason why I, I say I don't believe in it is not because I've not done it. And so every single thing, what I tell people, I don't necessarily believe in it. I test it out first. I did a tour. It was stupid. I shouldn't have done it. Okay. It cost a lot of money and it was done. <laughs> Unless they pay for you to do a tour, don't, you can do everything virtually. However, for speaking opportunities, here's a little tip I want to give you. Remember what I said at the beginning, the biggest mistake authors make is they write books to sell books versus writing a book to sell. I never wrote the book with the intention of trying to make millions off of the selling of it. So I give away more books than I can even, I can count, right? Now I don't just give it to anybody. You give it to specific people, okay? So what you want to do, guys, and here's a little tip, look for events that are taking place that you have the, you know, the goal to maybe one day speak at. Uh, whether it be a few people or a hundred or a thousand or whatever the number of people that are attending, find out who is in charge of booking the speakers. I would challenge you to find four to six events on a monthly basis, no matter how big or small, smaller events to work, find out who is in charge and find out what their address is. Send them a copy of your book as well as your speaker sheet. I promise you, people ain't doing that. And then the key is following up. Now, they may not need you right away as a speaker. Then what you do, you've sent your, you sent your book, you sent your speaker sheet, you want to volunteer. But trust me when I say this, people are not doing that. And I mean, what's, what's, what does it cost? It costs you about $3 to print a book, 3 to $4. Then you're going you're gonna to ship it off media mail. That's going to what? Be another $2, right? And then the speaker sheet, because it needs to be in color, that might be a dollar. So we're talking about maybe 10, or rounded up to about $10 times four, that's 40 to $60, because four to six, 40 to $60 that you're spending in marketing with people who actually have events, people who have venues, people who are marketing. I would spend 40 to $60 per month, even if I have to spend 40 to $60 per month for five months in a row, and finally I get one yes, and they say we got 5,000 people coming. Mm-hmm. 
It was all um, worth it. Yeah, it was all worth it. And those people, they'll come back. Like, you know, listen, people don't say yes overnight, um, but that's marketing money. And what I always tell my students is your book money is for marketing. So you take that profiting and you reinvest it into marketing yourself. Get some ads out there. Um, you know, invest into shipping books off to people, to media outlets, all types of stuff. I mean, literally, you got to leverage your book. Stop trying to sell it so much. Leverage it. And are you are you more uh, partial to printed books versus ebooks, or the uh, thing that both hold the same weight? No, they don't hold the same weight. Now, I'm just telling you based off of personal experience. I do know influencers out there that sell ebooks, but y'all, let me let me just tell y'all something too about everybody that's trying to get into the ebook game. A lot of people that are out here doing the ebooks and are making a lot of money. Typically, they have a large following. The average mm -hmm. person does not have a massive following. And so to, to be able to sell these ebooks the way that they're, they're teaching and to make thousands and thousands of dollars, you still have to accumulate a large following. And that takes time or it does mm -hmm. take money. You got to be willing to spend money for that. Right. So outside of that, the ebook game is cool. But for me, I like the printed book. Remember, oh, by the way, a large majority of people who actually buy your book won't even read it. They might read the introduction in chapter one. OK, so as long as we know that, let's get over that. The purpose of that tangible book, it's the best business card a woman or a man could have because nobody throws it away, right? So it's also allowing you, if it's a good book, to keep you in front of mind, okay? So we use this book, again, as I was stating uh, throughout this whole thing, as a tool, right? So for me, I like a printed book. Also, if I'm speaking at an event, a lot of times when people have me as a speaker, they don't want me to pitch no products or services. But I say, well, listen, I got some books. Can I sell the books? Oh, yeah, you can sell books, right? Because people don't know how to sell any books. And so anyways, so this is now an opportunity for you to have people walk away with something tangible in their hands. Does the ebook game work? Yeah, for some people, right? It definitely does. And But for me, I've never done it. So I can only teach that of what I've done. Printed books for me has been the best form of marketing for my business that I've ever, ever used. Once again, I hope you all are taking notes, taking notes. I told you this episode, she was coming to bring the fire. I hope you all are taking notes. So many gems being dropped. Uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is a Successes Within Reach podcast, season two, episode 25. Someone needs to hear your story, part two. We're about to go to our second break and we'll be right back. This break is brought to you by Breakthrough Kings. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. I had a question from the audience that says, um, which book should you start to write first, your story or something that you're a subject matter expert on? That must be somebody that missed the first part of the interview. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't recommend writing your story until you walk into a room and people know who you are. So the first book should be the one that's designed to build profits. Again, I'm going to repeat this. People don't care about your story, so they know that your story can help them. So really what people are looking for are specifics. 
Nobody's looking for the life, the life of Taria Vaughn. Maybe want a few and you know, a few in here and there, but they're not looking for that. They're looking for specific things in my life that I've been able to overcome. Now, the question is, you got to pick which one you want to help people with, because all of us have overcome a lot of stuff. And it mm -hmm. needs to be specific. Some I had a young lady that was like, well, I want to help people to overcome grief. Well, well, Shannon, this is the thing. I'm pretty sure every, or, or not grief, she was like, I want to help people to overcome trauma. Mm. I'm pretty sure everybody that's watching this interview right now has been through something traumatic. Mm -hmm. But they're all different. Whether it's you've been through a heartbreak or maybe you've been through a situation where you've lost you know, a loved one. Or maybe like for me, where I lost my 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 uh, parents at a young age, right? Well, the way that you overcome or handle the type of grief of losing a loved one versus maybe the trauma of having a health diagnosis from a doctor that's telling you you need to get ship in shape immediately, the way that you handle that particular trauma is different than the way that you handle the trauma of losing a loved one. Mm -hmm. And where I see a lot of people in the world of books is when we are writing about a specific subject matter, we try to generalize it. No, 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 no. I had a young lady. I said, listen, well, tell me about your life. Because remember, I always go back to the person that you should serve is the person that's like you. And she started telling me and she was like, yeah, you know, I dealt with abandonment issues. And I was like, really? OK, abandonment issues from who? My parents. I said, let's go look that up right now the loss of parents or abandonment, uh, a parent abandonment, whatever. I forgot when we looked it up. Do you know when we searched that key phrase, we had millions mm -hmm. of results pop up. There's, there's Facebook groups, there's organizations, specific organizations for people who have lost their parents who are dealing with that no matter the age. I said, sweetie, this is a whole niche market. And I'm going to tell you this. The reason why you're going to have more success if you push it is because everybody else out here talking about trauma, but you're identifying with specific people who have, who are going through what you have been able to overcome. And so if I'm going to tell you about a specific subject hand, niche it down to what did you deal with? Mm -hmm. I could write a book about how to overcome heartbreak and become friends with the person who broke your heart. People will be like, how you do that? <laughs> and if I wanted to get into the relationship space. So, yeah, make it connected to what you've overcome and help people through that. God didn't listen. Our pain has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And in that purpose, listen, we should profit. And I know that may sound hard for some people, but profiting is money and money. We got to stop giving money so much value. Listen, let me tell you all something. God gives us time and, and and in this time there's no guarantee with it right people created money see back mm -hmm. in the day god didn't create paper money the wash benjamin whatever all the different deals are right he didn't create that he didn't create bitcoin he didn't create credit cards he created value for value though so back uh -huh. in the day before we had paper money what did we do we exchanged rice for peas um, Lord, okay, I'm here. I'm here. I'm still here. <laughs> All right, there you go. Apartment. I ain't got no Wi-Fi. I ain't got no internet, y'all. I'm sorry. I planned on being connected by now, but that's another story. We ain't gonna talk about it right now, unless you want to know about talking about it. But God, but so what we did was we exchanged. If we wanted some some pigs, we exchanged some goats. If we wanted, you know what I'm saying? So we exchanged value for value. And all of a sudden, somebody said, you know what? Let's make money. 
Mm-hmm. And now instead of exchanging value for value, we'll just exchange money and we'll determine what the value of money is. So man made money. God gives us time. But the challenge that we have as a people is we give so much more value to something that was given to us by man. Y'all, you should be paid for what you've been through. The value that you have in this world is what you've experienced and you should get equal value for your value that you're giving. And so hopefully that can free some people when y'all be like, but you know, I don't want child people for helping them to go through. People only respect what they pay for. That's why Louis Vuitton ain't never slowed down during the pandemic and they don't go on sale because they know they value, right? Okay, hello. I'm sorry. I can get off on a tangent talking about money because man, our people, we struggle with that. Like we really do. Yeah, I mean, you you don't have to step off of that box of you dropping bars. It's, it's things that we need to hear. You know, yeah. we talk about it all the time. You know, here um, I have a gentleman that comes in and does credit and finance segment here. We need to know it, you know, especially yeah. in our community. People, put, yes. they, they value a lot of the wrong things instead of valuing themselves and what they bring to the table. Amen. So Amen. definitely people need to hear that. All right. So now I want to get into your program a little bit. Uh, What can authors who want to join your coaching program uh, look forward to? So we have two different aspects of it. Of course, we have where if you are not an author and you want to learn how to put together a profitable book the right way, we have a three-day book camp that we do once a quarter. Um, The next one, actually, as as of this recording, it's October the 1st through the 3rd, but then we'll have another one in January, so we do that once a quarter. But for those of you who actually have the right book, now this is the deal. If your book ain't right, I can't really help you to promote and market it, okay? I'm just letting you know. Like, if you ain't setting up right, baby, we got to work on that first, okay? Um, But provided that you do have a book that is designed to build you multiple streams of income we have the book profits club and this is a monthly membership and we have different tiers and in book profits club is where we teach you the aspect of profiting promoting and performance and this is where we give you multiple ways of how to leverage the book and then it comes with you know group coaching where you can come on and hey i've got an event coming up this is what i'm doing one of the gifts that by the way my gift that god gave me is not books that's just a vehicle the gift, though, that God gave me is really how to be able to take these opportunities or take these these different business structures and turn those into multiple streams. And so utilizing the vision, I ask God for provision all the time, vision and provision. And so he helps me in that space. Now, I have a bigger vision. I mean, a bigger purpose beyond just the financial side and business side. But, you know, when it comes to these books, like I I'm listen. I know how to turn these books into multiple streams. And even if you need to revise your book, possibly the book profits club may be a great place for you as well. So those are the two things. Um, but listen, I'm not here to try to sell anything. Listen, I don't try to convince nobody. I got a free giveaway and I'll tell you about the free giveaway uh, when Shannon asked me for it. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's our two main programs. <laughs> All right. And uh, before you get out of here, I will also want to ask you, what is your best piece of advice to the struggling author who can't decide what to write for their very first book? I know you, you touched on it a little bit, uh, but what is your best piece of advice to help them get going? First of all, listen, it may not be perfect. That first book may not even do nothing. 
truth be told, y'all, don't tell nobody. I had another book before, of A Vision of Freedom, which is now a six-figure vision. It was a public domain book by P.T. Barnum, the golden, cool, the golden Rule to Money or something like that. It was a public domain. I took this course. It cost me $10,000. Shout out to Myron Golden, one of my very first coaches. His course now is like $55,000, that one. Um, but I took $10,000. I took this course, and he told us to do this public domain book. And child, I went out and redid the book, and and I've had this cover. It looked a hot mess. The cover was ratchet looking, and um, I put it out, and people bought it, uh, but it was a mess. Okay, mm. listen, just stop, stop overcomplicating this thing. What would you do if you knew that you had just a few days here, or you had twenty four hours left, and you knew that if you wanted to survive, you have to put something in a book. I bet you figured it out. You will figure it out. So let's stop making excuses for what should I write about, Tamir? Pick something. Pick mm -hmm. it and write it. And if it doesn't connect with you, so what? Write another book. You write a book to write another book anyways. By the way, once you then find your niche, you're going to keep writing about that too. John C. Maxwell got several books on leadership. He created 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. You would think once you see something say irrefutable with laws, Ain't no, no, ain't nothing else about leadership you talk about, right? No, that man they recreated that book over and over again, and he continues to come out with books on leadership. So I would just, I would just really push you guys to say, like, stop overcomplicating this. If you want to write about love, write about it. So what? And if it don't work, keep it moving. If you want to write about purpose, so what? Then write about it. If you want to write about, I don't know, how to train your dog, write about it and put it out there. It ain't gotta be perfect. But one thing I do understand is that you can't get good unless you get started. Mm -hmm. Again, bars. <laughs> All right. And last but not least, uh, I've been asking a few guests this season uh, because it's a, a really great question and I, I love to uh, hear people's answer to it. What is the one thing that you wish someone had told you before you became an adult that you know now? It's funny because I feel like a lot of the things that I wish they would have told me, they told me. I just didn't listen. Like, <laughs> stop trying to grow up too fast. Slow down, right? I always want to be grown. Um, uh -huh. I would say the, the, the advice I wish I would have got as a young child is to pay attention to the people who have the life you want and listen to them only. Mm. Um we as a people, we are really big on allowing people who we wouldn't trade lives with speak life into us. Now, there's a difference of having friends and family, but I mean like literally allowing someone to tell you what you should be doing with your life and you know you wouldn't exchange nothing that they got going on. We've got to be very conscious and aware of who we allow to speak, especially, I will say this, especially people that we care about because we take what they say more seriously. So sometimes if somebody trying to tell me something that I love, I'm like, listen, 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 fam, I love you, but out of respect, I cannot receive that. I yeah. can't. Y'all stop being afraid. At, oh, another thing. Stop being afraid. And as long as you do stuff with integrity and you don't do it like maliciously, stop being afraid to hurt someone's feelings because you don't agree with their methodology. If you wouldn't change lives with them, why are you allowing yourself to sit and receive that into your conscious, which becomes your subconscious, which then controls your actions? 
So you got to be careful. So yeah, if somebody, if I could have heard anything, it would have been follow, listen to people who have the lives that you, the life that you want. Stop being around people who don't got the life you want. That's awesome. That's that's such great advice. I think a lot of us wish someone had told us that early on. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you got to live and learn. <laughs> yeah. All right. Before you get out of here, I'll let everybody know what's next for you in 2021 and where they can find you online and on social media. And you can also share with them about your giveaway. Absolutely. So listen, I have a strict rule. I don't give people multiple places to contact me uh, because a confused mind does nothing. Okay, I like to give y'all one link and one link only. And through that link, you'll get all the contact details. The The link is 10kbook.com. That's 10k10, the number is 10k for $10,000.book.com. Uh, uh, 10kbook.com. My goal for 2021 was to help 1,000 authors to make over $10,000 per month, week, or day it really just depends on mm. where you are and how we can make that happen and so if you're interested in my free master class by the way listen i understand that everybody is not going to be assigned to me and everybody does not work well with me and that's fine and, and, and what i mean by is because of my personality and everybody has different personalities i believe that god has everybody assigned to the person they're supposed to be connected to but my my master class is dope as well as i give tons of free training so even if you decide that I'm not the best fit for you, that's great. It's no problem. Take the free information. And then if you're good, unsubscribe. But I give a lot of game. I help a lot of people because I know that God always provides. So I just I just want to share that with you guys. You don't have to feel like if I go to the masterclass, I got to sign up or work with her. No, you don't. You can go to the masterclass, get that free game and do what you do with it and keep it moving. That's what's up. And I can just say you always see me there. I just signed up for her email list not long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to yeah. get in one of these classes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's big. That's great. Uh, so now we've come to the part of the show where you all know I leave you each week with a mind shift moment. Uh, so this week's mind shift moment is a quote from Louise Hay. It says, I do not fix my problems. I fix my thinking. And then my, th and then my problems begin to fix themselves. Uh, once again, I do not fix my problems. I fix my thinking. Then my problems begin to fix themselves. Uh, comes from Louise Hay once again. Uh, when you think before reacting, you increase your success rate tenfold, if not more, depending on the situation. You give yourself time to recognize the problem, possible cause, best solution and proper method of implementation. Oftentimes the answer to your problem is within the problem, but we are so reactionary instead of analytical that we make things worse than they have to be. And that is this week's Mind Shift Moment. Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you to our guest, Ms. Taria Vision of Art for coming through, gracing the stage, dropping tremendous value to help you all create this blueprint to your success. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us and for giving us your time. Um, again, I'm your host, Shannon Smith. You can find me on Instagram at the underscore CEO underscore within. You can contact my business consulting company, The CEO Within You, at www.theceowithinyou.com. And of course, you can catch me here each Thursday at 8 o'clock on the Successes Within Reach podcast, where we remind you that you were not designed to be good, you were designed to be great. And with that, I said be blessed and good night. See you next week. Peace.